Would you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be holy and acceptable in your sight. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So as we draw close to the end of this uh, time of looking through 1 John, next week is the last of our, our series on 1 John. Um, as we draw close to the end of it, we have this interesting chance today to learn the main lesson that, that the author of, of this letter, this sermon, whatever it is, um, the main lesson that he wants us to take away from his words. You know, over the last few weeks, as we've looked at this, um, at, at this work, this part of the Bible, we've seen time and again this focus on love. It's sort of undeniable that 1 John is focused on love. The love of God, our love for God, our love for others. We've seen all of these things get, get woven together in, in such a way that we should by now, if you've read through 1 John, if you've listened to me um, over the last few weeks, they've been woven together in a way that we should find them all to be inseparable. We should know by now that there's no way to properly love God without loving other people. We should know that one of the main ways that we, um, that we show our love for God is by expressing it in action in our lives. And we should know that, that as we love others, the only way we can do that is by understanding our love as an extension of God's. It's recognizing love as a chief attribute, a, a main characteristic of who God is, God who sent his son into the world to show us the nature of love, to love us, even to die for us when we didn't love him. And that's really all of 1 John in a nutshell, you know, love. But this week we get the chance to see all of those things bound together even tighter and in a little bit of a, of a new way. He, uh, one of the verses we read this morning, or some of them, is everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who, who loves the parent loves the child. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For the love of God is this. If you ever wondered what is the love of God, here's your answer. That we obey his commandments. We're reminded by these words of, um, that, that our new life in faith comes directly from our belief in Jesus as our Savior, that God's grace has been poured out into the world through Jesus, and, and that gives us new life. It allows us to be born again. You can look at John 3, um, the conversation that Jesus had with Nicodemus to get some of the more uh, finer details of that process, some of the questions that come up when we talk about it, but... Uh, this really is a bit of an explanation of what that means. What does it mean to be born again? It means to have faith in Jesus and to love God and love others. Then as we keep reading through, through this part of, of 1 John, we're told by the, the author that anyone who loves the parent loves the child. It could, it could be easy to think that, that those words refer to our loving God means we love Jesus. That would be a, a pretty natural way to think. It should, you know, if we love God, it, it should necessarily mean that we also love 
Jesus. It should be the default for, for Christians. But that's not actually the main point here. The, the point he's trying to raise is, is that if we love God, we love God's children, other people. Which is reinforced by the next sentence in there. That By this we know that we love the children of God, not the son of God. The children of God. That we obey his commandments. So what are the commandments? Earlier in the letter, in, in this, this sermon, that First uh, John, we're told that the commandment is believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another. Believing in the name of Jesus, trusting in Jesus, following Jesus, whatever language you want to put on it, all of that lead us directly into loving others, just as Jesus loved us. Then, for the love of God is this, that we obey his commandments. The same commandment that we just heard, believe in Jesus, love others. It all seems rather circular, right? If you've been around the last few weeks, you've heard me say probably these same exact words every week. And it is circular, I will give you that point, but it comes as a constant reminder of what we should already know. Except this time, the difference is it's taken a, a step further. We're told that, that the two cannot be disconnected. The, the love of God and the love for others can't be separated. Loving God means loving others. Loving others means loving God, the parent. All of it comes through our faith in Jesus. Jesus who came into the world uh, by water and the blood. Now, this part of the letter, this discussion of Jesus comes by water and the blood. Not just the water, but with water and blood. It's a lesson in Christology. That's the understanding who the person and the nature of Jesus. It's included in this sermon, this letter of 1 John, probably as a way to combat some of the controversy that existed in that that community that received these words. The, the idea that, the thought that some people had that maybe Jesus wasn't actually human. He only appeared to be. He was just, you know, a spiritual being that came down from heaven and didn't actually come as a human. The reference to water reminds us of Jesus' baptism and by extension our own baptism. And then the reference to blood reminds us a little bit to remember his birth. For those of you who've given birth, you know there's a little bit of blood involved. And then it also reminds us of his death. You know, Jesus' baptism could have suggested that, yes, he might only have been a spiritual being, just something descended from heaven, not actually a, a human. But if his baptism suggested that there might be some uncertainty, his death, must put that doubt to rest. If he was only a spiritual being, then he couldn't have died. That's what that, uh, the author of this letter is saying, that if he was only a spiritual being descended from heaven, not actually a person, then he wouldn't have died. But he did. The person who wrote this letter saw it happen, and he rose from the dead. A, a human Jesus, human and divine at the same time, died for us to show God's love. It's a fresh reminder for us that, that our love for God, the love that that we can have because God first loved us, means that we love others. Previously in, in this uh, sermon, this, in 1 John, we're told that our love for others 
means that we love God. That was sort of the, the point of the last two weeks. But now it's the reverse. The point being that you can't have one without the other. We're told earlier that we love others shows, loving others shows our love for God. And now it's loving God shows our potential. Not that we always do love others, but it shows us that we have the potential to love. For people who love God, and, and, and I'm going to go out on a branch, going out on a limb, and assume that you're here this morning, probably by choice. You got up, you ventured out into the rain, probably you're here by choice. So that probably means I could make a good guess and say, you love God. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Our very choice to love God shows our potential for loving others for extending God's grace, for offering God's mercy. That's why we're told here in, in this part of 1 John that, that God's commandments are not burdensome. We're told that because it, it is all too easy to think that love can be a burden. I'll give you that it's difficult. It's difficult to love people at the best of times, but it's really difficult to love people who don't return like for like. It's difficult to love people who are rude to you, who've offended you in some way, who have done you harm. People who are different, speak different, think different, look different. It's hard to love people just in general because we all know people are flawed, so are we, and those flaws sometimes get in the way. And so while it might be difficult to love someone who wishes you will or, or someone you don't understand or someone you just plain don't like for some unknown reason that you can't figure out. First John tells us that it's not a burden. It's not an unbearable load. It's not an imposing task for us. We might think it is, but when put in context, we really have little to complain about because we love God because God first loved us. If Jesus could be born among us, live with us, teach us, heal us, and then be put to death by the very people that he came to save, we can try to love others. If Jesus could offer God's love to people who hated him, we can overcome any inconvenience we might think exists by being asked to love others. And inconvenience really is a good word here, I think, because it shifts us from thinking that love is a burden to realizing that we just like to make excuses for things we don't want to do. It's inconvenient to be reminded that Jesus' love means we're supposed to extend that love to others, to live with that same love. It's inconvenient to be reminded that, that other people, those we don't like, those we don't understand, those that don't like us, those who even wish us harm or, or, or work against us, to, it's inconvenient to be reminded that those people are children of God, too. We don't always live like it. We don't always show it, but we know it's true. And so this letter calls us to love. And it says love is not a burden. His commandments are not burdensome because God showed us that it's possible. Do we always want to? I'm waiting for some response there. Do we always want to love others? No, but that's part of being human. Can we do it? Yes, because we're children of God. See, love is not a burden for us when we understand 
the source of real love. I would say true love, but that would make you think of Disney movies. So when we understand the source of real love, we understand that it's not a challenge, uh, an, un, an overwhelming problem. Love is not burdensome because we understand that it comes to us through faith. It's always been with us since the very beginning, but our faith helps us to see it clearly. Our faith in Jesus, therefore, I think, helps us to conquer the world, as, as 1 John says. It gives us the strength to stand firm in our love for God and our love, the love of God that we express into the world. It helps us to remember that, that we're called to be signs and, and symbols of, of God's love. To love and truth and action is, is the way that First John put it a couple chapters previously. Our faith in Jesus is what's at work. It's not us. It's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me, Paul said. Our faith in Jesus, if we continue reading it in, in 1 John 5, it says gives us victory over the world. Another way to translate that, you know, conquer, hear the word for conquer and the word for victory, and we could also translate it as to overcome. Those are all translations of the same root word in, in the Greek. We have victory, not because we have some way to use the world's power in a better way, not because we are, you know, by nature better, not because of anything that we have done. The first John 5 says we, we have victory over the world because faith means confessing Jesus, the Son of God. And it means loving God's children. The very things that, that the world, the evil one we see in 1 John 4, the very things that the world tries to prevent us from doing. So by having faith and trying to love as God first loved us, we've already won. And 1 John 4 says that's because the one who lives in us, the one who lives in those who have faith in Jesus, is greater than the one living in the world. Just go back and read 1 John 4. It's like 1 to 4, 1 to 5. Victory through faith in this context simply means trusting in who Jesus is. Trusting in what he has done for us. Trusting that his love for us overcomes all things. That it allows us to overcome all things. And so nothing else is needed. We see time and again in the Gospels and, and in, in all of the letters that were written that we find in the Bible, we see all of the stories of how Jesus overcame the world. We see in his death and his resurrection how he overcame evil and sin and even death by dying, by sacrificing himself for us. His love, God's love, overcame the very things that keep us from loving God. And so faith in Jesus gives us victory over those things. Not because of anything we've done, but because of what God has already done. It pulls us out of this mindset that, that love might be a burden. It pulls us out of fear. It's like we heard last week, there is no fear in love. That faith in Jesus leads to love. Love for God love for each other. It's God's love tells us that life comes even out of death. God's love tells us 
that there's nothing we can't handle because God is already with us. God's love that has been given to us through Jesus. It wasn't a burden for Jesus to love us. I think maybe at one point in the garden, he might have looked for another way, wondering if there was another option. But he knew that love was the only choice. And so it shouldn't be a burden for us either. It's a gift. It's a gift from God that comes through Jesus. And and even then, now we start to hear in this letter, not just from Jesus, but through the Holy Spirit. Jesus, who showed us love, the Holy Spirit who stays and, and testifies, reminds us of love. Love made real in the community of faith. Love made real in our lives every day. Love made real if we let God's love overcome the divisions and and animosities and and death that the world would promote and exploit in us and around us. It's God's love. It's our faith in Jesus that offers that gift, that reminds us that we're not defined by others. We're not defined by the world around us. We're defined by the object of our faith, Jesus. That's why we're called Christians. I should say we're defined by Jesus Christ which is why we're called Christians, those who follow the Christ. We're defined by God who came to live among us, the Word made flesh, who was crucified, who died, who rose from the dead, simply to show us what love is, to show us what love can do, to show us that we are love. Amen.